suppose your persona is a woman entrepreneur or a solopreneur if you had to put to, together that persona what would be the one sentence they would say that is the problem because once you start thinking like them you are able to communicate to them hello and welcome to ag speaks digital marketing talk show Here we share with you cool tools, tips and tricks and lots of useful information and insights to help you get more leads and customers for your business. You must be wondering that you're doing all this marketing effort and nothing is giving you results. Well, one of the reasons could be that maybe your message is not resonating with your target audience. Maybe you've not really figured out who your target persona is or who your buyer persona is. Well today I have an expert with me who will share with you some tips on how you can define your buyer persona so sharply that your messages will start resonating with them. Stay with us till the end for this insightful conversation with an entrepreneur and a digital marketing expert. I welcome you Surbhi to this show. Thank you Anjali for reaching out and uh, you know so warmly inviting me to the show. Um, you're doing a great job and it's really my pleasure to be here with you and to talk to your audience. To begin with uh, so be, let's let's hear your back story a little bit. What were some of the childhood experiences that have shaped you today and how you got started on this journey? Sure, I think uh, my child childhood uh, I I was born in India so uh, in a very uh, a small nuclear family uh, i did have access to grandparents uh, so what they did what they were doing my grandfather was a freedom fighter so obviously what he stories that he shared really helped me uh, in that sense and then my grandmother was very religious so religion um you know grounded me in some sense uh, to go back to whenever there was um any difficulty and those were very uh, simple value systems honesty simplicity and and the and the you know value of hard work were the driving forces in the early years which uh, kind of uh, you know groomed me so as to say and then i graduated in uh, mba uh, in marketing and entrepreneurship at that time i had no idea that i'm going to be an entrepreneur someday neither did i dream of it as a as a goal to work towards i just wanted to uh probably make a difference in uh, whichever field that i was working in and you know uh, you know i saw my dad working uh, you know his hard work paid off and we we could reap the benefits of that and similarly i kept thinking that you know hard work is one thing that you kind of do and then you uh you know have a good life so right. um i did a lot of internships actually when i was doing mba and uh, i worked with the best of the brands i was really fortunate i worked with dhl when the transition happened from the red and white early days right. and now they yeah. are yellow and so that that time when this whole rebranding happened and it it exposed me to such a different world of you know the communication piece of it how brand works in terms of visual perception They, you know they had literally created a world shortage of that pantone shade of yellow because they were they were going all yellow uh, from white and red so that exposed me to this whole uh, domain of branding i also worked with future group which is uh, pantaloons the big bazaars yeah. and all yeah. of that and i worked with the pharmaceutical uh, company sanofi and aventis where they were asking us to get um, uh, you know we used to go attend conferences different conferences where the uh, medical practitioners would gather and we were supposed to find out 
what um, incentives work best for them because right. all these medical practitioners and pharmaceutical companies they work through medical agents and they give them some incentives to stock their products so as as a researcher it kind of opened again another um, avenue to for me to understand what psychologically what works for a, a person in a particular domain in terms of an incentive to talk about that product right. so you know it all these experiences towards uh, you know my formative years helped me to have a customer first thinking attitude right. right right so a bit by bit it kind of developed and i felt uh, those those opportunities were very valuable in shaping me that's awesome i i'm pretty interested in learning how did you then launch on this journey of being an entrepreneur and what what happened to sort of uh, you know what made you take that plunge okay so we are zipping past like a lot of uh, my work experience here and now we are uh, to current uh, probably 3 years back oh i see uh, where okay. uh, i moved countries i was in singapore before and then i moved countries i was trailing my spouse uh, and my family to come to dubai and uh, you know i we i had a great um, global network of uh, vendors that i was working in my past role as a global marketing director mm-hmm. when i came here i had um, a lot of these connections that i had made in the past which yeah. started saying that hey will you do a content marketing project for us hey will you do this for us uh, our website is not performing will you keep come and just see it so all these multiple small 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 projects were keeping me busy and for that i had no time to go and give interviews really to get another job here in a new country right plus uh, you know this when when you move countries when you shift countries with uh, when you're alone as a single person it's way different than when you have like children and the spouse and you know having the responsibility to get everything started that's right and uh, you know approved from one place to come and settle in another place it takes time and i said i'll give myself time to do that but within two weeks i thought i just can't stay at home so i started taking up all these different projects nice. uh, and one thing led to another and in in dubai in uae they started this uh, uh, vat the uh, taxation system where they couldn't hire freelancers anymore and oh, okay. uh, also i felt at some point that you know i needed to structure all of this because it was while the work kept coming and it kept me very busy i i needed to make sense of all this uh, in terms of uh, you know building a portfolio building because that's what i was advising people that you know you got to have your website you have to have a digital presence and classic problem this was me without a yeah this was me with only my linkedin profile or being referred to every everywhere else so uh, that's where i started uh, digital genie and i said look this is the company this is the brand this is what i'm doing and within digital genie i couldn't just say i do everything because as a global marketer i had experience knowledge network for, of everything digital marketing right. landscape right so um i and as a as a person who starts setting up business i had to really focus in on uh what gives the best value in terms of my experience in terms of my understanding uh and to the client what will turn out to be the best so right. most of my conversations uh across the region here were with uh, businesses who had set up they had a bare, bare minimum digital assets like they had a website they had probably social media pages and stuff but they did not 
they were every time I met them, they're saying there is no ROI. The aspects right. are there, they're not performing. So they were expecting me to come in there and like every other agency, tell them, no, 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 your uh, website is not functioning well. You, are, you have not upgraded it. There are some plugins missing or, uh, you know, you are on a wrong social media platform, all of that. But I came back to them saying that, where is your uh, persona? Where is your buyer persona? And they were like, hang on a minute. What are you <laughs> talking? Is it a new uh, web software or what is it? So then the, the talk started, look, when you start a business, you, as a, and, and it's a classic problem, like all the founders will start a business, they have an idea and they want to sell, uh, they want to solve a problem and they create that product or a service and they go to the market with that. And when they go to the market, the next step is keep doing more and more of it to earn money to sustain the business. That's right. What happens is nobody spends time to think about who is your ideal persona or mm-hmm. ideal customer? So if you were to imagine like these concentric circles with the first circle being like in the middle and then uh, outer circles, the, the center circle is a circle where most of your target audience is. So to right. understand who is in that center, the bullseye, you need to spend some time, some, um, you know, you need to follow steps. Now, typical three steps is like, Firstly, don't assume that you're selling to everybody. Yeah, right. You would say, oh, um, you know, all, all the females in this, uh, uh, sorry, women entrepreneurs, females uh, in this age group, just don't assume that is the segment. You may say that to me, but have you asked them? Have you literally gone and spoken to these audience that you're talking and more broader the audience you keep? Difficult it is to talk to them because even the 20 year old to 25 years old, like that section may not have, um, you know, the life experiences of a 35 year old. So the, 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 the way the decision making works for that audience is going to be different. That's so true. ideally, once you ask and reach out to this audience, ideally, you need to uh, come back to your drawing board and write down the key characteristics. And there are umpteen number of, you know, formats out there. Uh, on the internet, if you even search buyer persona, you will get a number of formats. Pick any one, whatever works for you, start somewhere and write down the key characteristics. The demographic characteristics is okay. Even the psychographic and the behavior characteristics. What I like to do is go a step further. I like to put myself in the shoe of that customer and think if I had to say, define my problem in like, say, 20 words, which is one sentence, what would it be? So like, suppose your persona is a woman entrepreneur or a solopreneur, if they had to, if you had to put to, together that persona, what would be the one sentence they would say that is the problem? Because once you start thinking like them, you are able to communicate to them and understand, uh, sorry, solve their problems accordingly so I felt those kind of exercises really helped and then writing it down what happened again and when when I started talking to the uh, clients here they had nothing written it was all in everybody's mind so I yeah so I I would speak to founders I would speak to their say growth team like uh, you know the finance officer or the operations head all of these they it was like a classic blind men and the elephant story where there are these five blind men who are, a diff- who are touching different parts of the elephant and they would say, they would describe it in their own way. So if I did that experiment on any of these organizations, everybody would have a different 
uh, understanding of who their customer is. So once you have that understanding, write it down. And some of my clients have really done a brilliant job of not only writing it down, putting it in an employee handbook. And one of the clients has actually uh, does that as an onboarding process. So when he's onboarding anybody, he actually sits with the persona and talks through them. So then everybody has the same idea of who is their target audience. So going back to that concentric circle, right? So you have addressed this uh, bullseye customer. There are always these other people around uh, uh, that bullseye concentric circle, the outer circle, who would be interested in their project, who may be not directly buying the product, but they could be the influencers to tell people about that product or, you know, so you need to address them as well. So the third point I feel is like you, you, you don't stick with one persona. You, you don't write only one persona and say, okay, that is it. This is my target persona. I'm going to. So you need to have a multiple uh, versions of it. Even if you're selling one product or one service, at least write two to three personas. So then you have, you can expand your communications accordingly as well. So just to, just to recap, right? Like the three steps I do is don't assume who's your target audience. Uh, ask them. Second is write it down, make it black and white, communicate with the internal team. And the third one is repeat this for other concentric circles as well. And the last thing I would like to say on this persona thing is don't, once you've done all this, it's not over. It's a living document. Uh, As your business grows, it's definitely going to move along with you. So park some time, go back to it, work with the team. Is it working for you still? Are these communications that you have built, the progress that you've made, is it reflective of what you've done in the past? And if the audience has also moved, because the, the biggest uh, example I can give you is during COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, after COVID, like after this whole pandemic episode, it's just a lot of buyer personas for customers, for, for my customers have shifted. Right. So there is definitely shift that happens. So if you keep sticking with the old version, you have to upgrade this as well as you go along. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And and basically, I love that system that you have of concentric circles and, you know, your core and then an outer circle and a peripheral. Uh, it's an interesting way of uh, defining and being uh, very clear about your persona. And I think one of the big challenges that I hear most of the clients and most of the people that I talk to is that, uh, you know, that how do you go about sort of really diving deep into knowing that person's mind. Uh, So when you say go talk to them, do you recommend a system that helps you do a deep dive? And how many such people do you recommend that uh, a brand should really go deep dive and interview them and really try to understand what keeps them awake at night? So how do you really get into that emotional, psychological aspect of knowing your personas really deeply yeah so again going back to the formative years you know when i worked with um, the future group uh, pantaloons and big bazaar and all what they were asking us to do in different brands is to understand uh, the consumer psyche what makes them pick a particular shampoo bottle versus what makes them you know so that really the b2c aspect of it right i think over the years i also had a very intense b2b experience so i'm able to uh, you know take the lessons and kind of go on to b2b and see what makes people um, buy uh, at the end but i think the question being um, you know what do you do to bring that persona out of that individual and write it down 
i feel one technique that really works for me is the survey most of the customers i work with are like you know in in 5 years to 6 years of their business journey or beyond and they have certain set of customers that they have collaborated like they have done a lot of business with they have good relationship with so going back to them they are willing to give them honest uh, um you know feedback if you're starting up and if you don't have any kind of customer base uh, then what again i would say is do a survey reach out to people who are uh, and you know i think technology is such a leveler of sorts because now you can actually get on to linkedin you can get on to facebook wherever you think your customer at least you have to start somewhere you right. have to have a gut feeling of who you are after right reach out to them and i think the best way to do is it, do it methodically just select 10 people from the list right. go to 10 even if you get three three responses i think it's a good way to start Right. and once you get those responses assimilated integrated into your product service the communication again at certain other point when you have had some success measure it and go back to it because as you run business as you grow your business you will definitely have access to many more people right. and then you have some traction with communicating so survey is a great great uh, tool uh i think when you are in a certain geography that your uh, potential audience is target audience is reach out take them out for a coffee talk to them that is really good because it's beyond survey i think that that two way communication is beyond survey because you can then understand the finer nuances right. of uh, you know when the eyes go big when the when the worry is shown on the face like you know those kind of things the body language also communicates mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you if you absorb only that Mm-hmm. is enough for you to bring the final nuances again by writing it down will really help you think through a lot of other uh, aspects of that as well the software aspect it's very interesting so i mean what i hear you say is that a leverage on your existing knowledge first you begin with your gut feel and uh, then you leverage the existing contacts that you have your existing customers or what have you got and get them to talk or talk to them or learn their insights and if you are completely starting out from scratch and you know you're you're just beginning Uh, then then also it's just best to go after what you think is these 10 people who sort of fit the bill for your uh, imagined right. persona and then just go out and talk to them so that's wonderful and 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 thank you so much for sharing that is is there a way for uh, the marketers and especially focusing on small business owners right who may not have very fancy technology or tools to uh, you know leverage like which probably big brands have access to so what what are the top four or five tools that you can recommend uh, to leverage technology's power uh, to the small business owner and which something they can do straight away on their own they don't even need to hire a consultant or get an expert help uh, to get started uh, with respect to building or understanding their buyer personas um for buyer personas i think um, you know so let me just step back a little bit and say that you know today is uh, today is something that most of these uh, consultants are calling the fourth industrial revolution yes, what it means is that the technology that is available for the bigger brands the smaller brands or even the startups have access to you know we are not talking about these big uh, cisco's and you know the products from there we are talking about really those apps and ai based uh, you know uh, ai based softwares which are 
uh, you know, for a one single user, it's most of them are free. So I feel in terms of building your business, the tech stack that you can have access to today is definitely way better than probably like five years ago. So, um, and there are a lot of free stuff out there. So it's only up to you to kind of uh, look at, look you. that up and access and then leverage them. Um, also, I would want to warn them that, you know, you can't be, there, there is this whole shiny object syndrome because once ah, you I... get, you know, once you get access to all these softwares, you, you have the next big thing happening because there are new and new softwares or applications keep, keep coming and you want to keep going to them. So, uh, back to the uh, back to the whole uh, persona building. Uh, you Top know, five, yeah. The persona building softwares. I don't think th there are templates. There are dime a dozen templates out there which people can go access it. Whatever works for you, adopt it into your system and put it across. Surveys. I feel using Google Forms uh, is a is a great tool. Uh, it's very simple. You can just make survey all of five questions to begin with. And it's also a great tool to access, uh, get database, build your database. Um, I think as a first step, I would say that you are completely, I'm just imagining here uh, a complete startup who has a great idea, wants to go to the market, uh, get this survey form built, put it out there. Whenever you are interacting with networking with people, interacting with people that you think, or you're building that list of 10 to begin with to access to, you give them the survey, get them to fill that form, collect their email IDs. Because one of the classic mistakes we end up making is we never collect people's email IDs and we say, uh, that, that's okay. I mean, I can, they're they connected with me on LinkedIn so I can access to them anytime. Don't make that mistake. When you're collecting the survey form, put it in, in your database. And again, like there are umpteen number of, uh, you know, database systems which are available. You can even have a MailChimp to save your data for the first thousand, I think it's free. Two thousand. So, so yeah, so two thousand is free. So then you you have those uh, databases to go back to if you have to upgrade your uh, personas. So I think there are all these simple simple tools that you can uh, ad uh, you know build it in your tech stack and keep improving on uh, personas. But one thing that I would be still old school about is to print once you are ready with this uh, persona, you've developed it. Print it, stick it up on the walls, looking at it, because that's nice. what you are talking to. That's what the person you're selling to. And I think a follow-up question, which is coming to my mind, is that, you know, uh, your whole research about identifying your customer or buyer persona is as good as the quality of the questions you ask on that survey. So what do you think, according to you, will be the top five questions that should definitely go in this survey? uh to sort of figure out uh, who your persona is yeah I'll, I'll that's a very good question actually Anjali, and i'm so glad you asked because one of the classic mistakes we make is we uh firstly assume that the customer is dumb and second or, or the prospect is dumb and uh, second uh we don't the, the you know suppose i meet you at a coffee shop or something right i would definitely offer you offer to buy you a coffee i would definitely go ahead and choose the best seat for you like you know you don't go you don't when you send a survey form you don't make it very appealing and nice easy for mm -hmm. the person to um uh, answer yeah. it. so right. so right. the first thing that i when when we do the survey and it's very simple. I think it's very commonsensical as well. 
that please give a multiple choice question. It's a noisy, busy world out there. Do not expect customers, prospects to, you know, write paragraphs and stories for you. Right. Keep it very simple. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, like some simple things like um, the, the top five questions uh, beyond the demographics. I'm assuming that you know, like the demographics, like, or if you want to even capture that, put it in there, like the age group, the gender, obviously, uh, the email, company, uh, location, all of that. Besides those, the, the key questions are, uh, you know, how, what, what is it in a product that appeals to them or a service? Like now, if you're, for example, you have a service where you are educating, you want a, um, you know, prospect to buy your course, you, you may have certain background of the course, suppose the course is giving, um, you know, ability for a person to progress in the career soft, uh, say, time management skill. So you, you have to go backwards a little bit and say that, okay, what, uh, what are the top three areas? Select these amongst this list. What are the top three areas where you like to, you would like to spend time on? So easily then you know that the person prefers to spend time on, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z. But you give them like more obviously questions to, uh, you know, pick or choose from. The other thing I like to do is uh, give them sentences, uh, which uh, like like how in a psychometric test you would have out, you are at a party, you know, and what would you behave like? You would be on the corner and just see how the party is going on. You are the one who's out there interacting with people. You are the one who's always checking out the food. What is it like? So you are understanding the behavioral style. So there's some ideas that you can take from these psychometric tests. The third thing I feel is how people are searching on Google. Give them simple Google search terms and ask them to select from there that, you know, are you, uh, you know, uh, this is, so if you want to say the best uh, time management tool on the internet, is it that one search? Are they looking for tool-based? Are they looking consulting-based? Are they looking for course-based? What are they looking for, you know? And then uh, the other thing I feel uh, is really nice is to understand their thinking, their plan for the future. So in the next two years, you will find yourself more productive. Uh, what do you think? You will have, um, uh, because you're more productive, uh, sorry, you will have better tools to work with, or you will have uh, a system that you follow, a habit. So, you know, like you ask questions, which you are positioning them into a better spot. Because obviously they are, you have to assume certain things. You are assuming that this person is struggling with time and most of us are struggling with time. So, you know, you assume that, okay, this person is struggling with time and how I can do it better. But you put him to allow him to visualize himself in a better position and ask him to select. So that multiple choice questions, these kind of tips and tricks really help to suss out the best information and uh, yeah, and then even buying uh, patterns, yeah. If it was a, um, a course, right? For example, we are talking about a course for time management. Uh, would you pay this range to this range for a course like this? Would you pay this range to this? So you kind of understand, okay, this is the uh, you know uh, appetite for the person to buy, and that way you can do a better pricing of your course as well. Maybe make if it, your price suppose, suppose your price is like at two hundred dollars, and the uh, person is willing to buy it for fifty. 
then you say, okay, I'll piece it for him. So that right. itself gives you understanding of how you're going to communicate to the person saying that I'm going to piece it for you. Right. Uh, uh, you know, like uh, at a piecemeal uh, way, I'm going to give it to you. Wonderful. Thank you. That was very, very insightful indeed. And uh, if I may, you know, take the liberty to paraphrase and sort of uh, summarize what you just said is, uh, you know, of course, apart from trying to collect the demographic and the psychographic data uh, through your survey, what is really important and crucial for you is to a find out what is the pain point that you assume that they are facing, right? So you sort of assume that they are facing a problem and you allow them to pick and choose and so that you don't put the words in their mouth, you just give them certain options and then they make the selection, right? Uh, And at the same time, by giving them these multiple choices, options, you're making it easy for them to, you know, fill the response because nobody has the time to write long, drawn out responses for you. That second thing that you said was to make use of the psychometric tests and the third thing I heard you say was what is, uh, you know, what is important is that you make them see the shift from a place of pain to a place of where they have achieved some amount of relief or success from that pain. Uh, And so that again, you should give them a certain options, but let them to sort of choose uh, what is that successful place where they want to be? So you want to understand that how do they visualize their point B uh, from point A? Um, and that was another interesting thing that you pointed out was pretty cool where you said, how are they searching for it? Like ask them. So maybe you give them certain uh, you know terms or choices and ask search them, them yeah. that, yeah, search and let them select like out of these four options, which one do you think you will search for? So that right. gives you a very, you know, subconscious level insight into their, you know, what are they really looking for? Are they, are they tool focused or are they, you know, uh, some service focused or are they consulting focused or what focus are they? Uh, right. so that was, that was super, super interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Thank Actually, you. and the other thing I want to add is to these questions, right? Like the search terms, for example. Right. Right. Uh, the places where you think that the person has the opportunity to write a bit more, mm-hmm. yeah, always put an other um, option. Right. So give them a choice. The option is other, right. and then give them. And then even if you you know, I think one of the brilliant ways, uh, you know, I worked once is if you give other. There was this one prospect who has always chose chosen other 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 you know like not a single (laughs) statement was so it was very difficult for me to understand so I picked up the call and I said hey you know your survey form has been so amazing and I want to really know you you know can we meet for a coffee or something and then I understood from him that he is he is one of those very different person as a person like he wants to and this was for a a really a technology company who was trying to uh, you know venture into Dubai and then we figured out that these are the persona types who are really uh, you know the the 10% of the crowd then there was other personas which fell into like the 60% of the crowd of so that was the bullseye the 60%, the 10%, those 10% became on the peripheral. But when we talk to the 10%, they are also beneficial for the business because they are uh, the ones who are uh, influencing others to look at the business. You see, the 60% are the person, 60% people are the people, the bullseye who are going to really buy from you. The 10%, the, the outer, the peripheral are really the people who will influence others to go, come look at it. 
or even yeah. they may be just following you for inspiration or you know some understanding or a side uh, understanding because a lot of people are learning from other industry because of the collapse of the industries right. so there are other people such who are observing trends nice interesting in fact i am reminded of you know on on my course page as as we were talking about course i just added one single question you know and i left it there as an open ended question so what brought you here today <laughs> what was yeah what was happening in your life that brought you to this page today and i left it open and you won't believe it people actually share Uh, you know that well, this is what got me here you know i was struggling with how to do instagram well and you know i stumbled upon your thing so people share and it's such an interesting insight to allow them to tell you that hey what brought you here or now i want to sort of shift the focus of this conversation to uh, you know some of the uh, entrepreneurial learnings that you have had uh, in your journey so far like i think one of the biggest uh, uh, you know Uh, roadblocks in success to entrepreneurship is that we uh, it's we tend to give up too fast or you know mm-hmm. uh, and it's a solo journey right it's it's a lonely world out there um so how did you sort of face some of these challenges and how do you think you are doing and what's working well for you sure so i think one of the so everybody's journeys are different and right. uh, for me what happened was i never really plan to be an entrepreneur it was quite an accident and uh, given that it was an accident it was still um, you know kind of a rolling uh, a ball as such like you know it I, i kept going from one project to another but then at some point you know um, i found myself stretched too thin i was doing everything for everybody so the first learning was um, even if you know like a like a 10 10 10 items focus on yeah. this one or two items which will give you the best uh, satisfaction and then mm-hmm. ROI so mm-hmm. i really felt that that was uh, the key learning uh, how, how did eight. that yeah how did that uh, realization come about what was that epiphany moment which made you realize i can't be everything to everyone and this is what is the best thing to, what what happened really what made that shift happen so so the conversations with the prospects right again it was like through conversations that uh, they would say that uh, and you know what what happens is also i think that is the second part to it that when you are with with a client like you are already working with them doing some project with them they know that you are able to do other 10 things as well that's right they, just add it up so then the second learning is the scope creep and this kept happening and as a, a solopreneur uh, you know there is just not much that you can um, you know kind of you have to be really really uh, firm with saying that i will not do this but right. you know as a solopreneur you are always trying to grow yourself right. and that's when it happened like you know mostly it was i was able to do a lot more i was everything to everybody and there was no um, like there was no and the third thing that happened was no top of the mind awareness like if anybody had to think of personas they couldn't think of surbi because surbi was doing uh, website also content also i was doing strategy also i was a fractional cmo for somebody so it was everything for everybody yeah so that that was these two three things that tied together and i said no look 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 i'm going to focus on these three areas and of which the third area of thought leadership brings it's really brings me a lot of satisfaction to see somebody 
story, somebody's, um, you know, um, expertise shine out there. So that really uh, is my passion area. I really like to do that. So uh, those were the, um, you know, the, 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 I think the hurdles as such. The other, other side of the hurdle was a new country. Mm. Um, you know, this, this country is now, only now, after four or five years, it's just opening up to the whole entrepreneurship. Uh, the entrepreneurship scene, the startup scene is now blooming here. And coming from a very advanced place to this place doesn't help because as an entrepreneur, you don't want to be like set back with um, license fees, the banking fees and all of that because uh, it's everybody's story. You are, str- you are juggling with so much. You yeah. are just finding your feet in this whole entrepreneurship world and you That's don't right. want to be set back with this. And that didn't help here. So then I had to, the solution thinking in me was like, you know what, if not here, I can always set it up and elsewhere. What right. else? Right. So I think at every juncture, I kind of say, what else? Mm. Now what, right? You know, what else can I do? The solution thinking really helps me to right. kind of navigate uh, these two, three uh, hurdles that I faced earlier on. Right. And uh, the being lonely at the top, right? Or mm. be, being lonely in this journey is a constant, you know? So I think the second learning was just accept that fact, you know, <laughs> and you don't need to, you know, you have to keep that, that you remove that loneliness as a third person and just let it sit out there in the room and say, I'm, I'm acknowledging you, you are there, mm. but what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to connect with other fellow entrepreneurs right. and, you know, I would connect with um, associations where people meet, network. So what I promised myself after that, the, the, you know, acknowledging that there is this loneliness so what, what I acknowledged, once I acknowledged that and what I did next was that I promised that every month I'm going to go and do some kind of a networking. Right. Because what as I'm a very social person. I oh, really, okay. this the, the whole conversation stimulates me. All these conversations stimulates me. And one of the biggest thing I miss from my corporate world is the water tank conversation. Like you're just walking to... You know, you just want to talk with another colleague, understand what's the challenges, what is happening and just go back refreshed and go back to your uh, work. So um, what I do with these networking events is one is the focus of, yeah, okay, I'm going to meet new people and, you know, but the, the way I approach it is it's going to be my time to do that water tank conversation, understand what's happening in their world. And come back to my workspace completely refreshed, completely inspired, and then move on. So mm-hmm. that really helps. And, you know, one positive out- outcome from this whole pandemic has been just this whole access and, you know, the openness of people from different parts of the world to just get on a call and talk to each other. Yeah. So that has really, really helped me a lot. In fact, from the last four years of being in the business, I think the last 18 months have been like such a different um, you know, uh, environment, working environment for me, because anyways, I was working from a home office. And, um, you know, now I'm able to access many more people out there. Yeah, look at us, we are having a virtual coffee today, aren't we on zoom from different, yes. uh, different countries all together. So that's the power of technology for sure. So thank you. And I'm, I'm so pleased that we connected. And it's been such a wonderful, wonderful conversation. So good connecting with you. Um, yes, I'm, I'm glad too. And I'm so uh, I hope that you know, uh, my journey, my story kind of inspired even one person 
uh, it's worth it it's worth it definitely definitely worth it so anything else you want to talk about or you know tell them about where they can contact you how they can reach you or anything that you have for free for them yeah definitely um yes 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 thank you for asking that um so the first and the foremost is um you know they can contact me i'm on digitalgd.co that's my website and uh, they can contact me on linkedin i am on linkedin uh, very regularly i post there as well and they can find me as surbi dadia mm-hmm. um i am also on instagram and facebook uh, but my names are different surbi dadia is the common uh, thing on facebook okay. uh, and also on twitter uh, but mm-hmm. on instagram i am pixie because that's my personal but i also like to con- uh, entertain conversation dms there as well Right. So uh, that's that. I'm also a founder of jotmybio.com, which is a bio writing, a personal bio writing service. And uh, this uh, service has really uh, been very powerful in the pandemic area, era because um, a lot of people made their LinkedIn profiles. They kept it there and never looked at it again. So what this service does is helps them put out about summary. and it's very powerful to kind of compress your uh, work experience into uh, a very beautiful uh, personal bio Sorry. that goes out there a uh, lot of entrepreneurs are using the service to use the uh, for the about section of their website mm-hmm. yeah so uh, that's another uh, thing for people to look out and the third thing that i want to share uh, and as an ins- thing to inspire other people is that i've launched the making of a thought leader podcast it's a podcast for uh, thought leaders entrepreneurs executives who want to really uh, you know build their leadership through expertise that they know and share inspiring stories on the podcast i actually bring not only the entrepreneurs who have who have progressed on their journey as a thought leader but also marketers like you anjali and others who expert who have who are expertised in certain areas which can help the thought leaders to think differently uh, who are building their thought leadership yeah and the uh, other other kind of segment that i address on the uh, podcast is authors who write about leadership and thought leadership so uh, podcast is merely for me to kind of reach out there to the audiences and inspire them to uh, through different stories that i bring on the podcast Thank you. Thank you so much Subhi. It's been absolute pleasure and uh, I will definitely subscribe to your podcast and I request uh, and encourage all of you out there to listen to Subhi's podcast of what it takes to be a thought leader out there. Um and I hope you found uh, this uh, you know conversation valuable and insightful and you will go out there uh, you know to define your customer personas better with Surbhi's help and all the tips and all the wonderful insights that she has shared with you today and I hope really uh, that conversation brought some value to you out there All right guys and now for that little surprise that we promised to you at the end of this podcast thank you so much for listening in all this while and I will let Surbhi share what's the surprise she has in store for you Thank you Anjali you know I believe in giving because when you give you receive a lot more and it's a chain effect so today I have prepared a freebie specially for your audience and it is nice. called hacking marketing for small businesses small and medium businesses 
this is. What this tool, is, it's a guidebook and it's probably like a tool for owners, small business owners to think how they should approach marketing and how they can leverage digital marketing to grow their businesses. So I'll put a link uh, or probably you can put a link to it. I'll share the link with your audience and they can access to it. Thank you so much for sharing that. So guys, learn how to hack the marketing as a small business owner, make use of this free resource that uh, uh, is provided so generously for you. And we will definitely share the link for you to access it. Thank you so much, Surbi, for that generous offer. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Surbi. And thank you once again, wholeheartedly from the bottom of my, of my heart to join me today. Uh, and I really appreciate your so that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it useful. Your support and feedback is invaluable. So please don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe for more such business growth hacks. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. See you soon.